Joining us in the studio is uh, his worship, the mayor of the town of Collingwood. We say hello to Brian Saunderson. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, John. And uh, joining him is Councillor Steve Berman. Good to have you back, Steve. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, let's talk about uh, the mayor's levy. What a huge success. Uh, were you uh, blown away by the turnout? They were bringing in chairs by the hundreds towards the end there. Yes, uh, I was. Uh, I think we were hoping for somewhere in the neighborhood about 250 people, mm. and uh, we were up close to 300, I think, yeah. by the end of it. It was fantastic. It was nice hearing the stories of those uh, amazing nominees who became Order and Companion of the Order of Collingwood. Oh, it really is. I mean, it's a sort of, it's a shining day for Collingwood, and uh, I think the pride in the room uh, as a community at the accomplishments of these individuals uh, was palpable. Um, and having sat on the committee, I can say that there were many, many applications of equally deserving uh, people. It's, uh, it's um, I wouldn't say arbitrary, but it's a subjective decision, mm-hmm. absolutely. And there are so many people uh, in our community that uh, uh, volunteer countless hours uh, and leave uh, an indelible uh, mark on our community. And uh, Collingwood, uh, as I said, at the uh, levy, you know, uh, our strength is our people, and our volunteerism is our backbone. So many of the programs that are that go on in our community and the social, uh, recreational, and cultural programs are, uh, are are what they are because of our volunteers. Councillor Berman, this is your first time in the studio uh, since uh, becoming councillor. Uh, congratulations, by the way. A well-run you. campaign. Uh, you were very politically active at least from my point of view, you were very politically active before becoming a councillor. What's it like being on the other side of the table? Uh, more or less what I expected in that um, if you're not at the table, you're an armchair quarterback. Right. So uh, I, I fully understood as I was watching meetings from afar <laughs> that, you know, I didn't have the pressure of making decisions for 20 plus thousand people and right. so on and so forth. And that's what it's been like. I, uh, I'm very, I'm very conscious every time I raise my hand and every time I say something of what I'm representing. Right. But otherwise, it's been a great experience. I mean, I, I just, I still look around the table after, uh, you know, our fourth meeting, including committee, and can't believe the group of people that I get to sit with. So I think it's going to be a, an amazing four years. Your first time as a counselor, did they put you through, you know, getting ready to be a counselor boot camp? Uh, Yes, absolutely. We did uh, two full-day orientations uh, and um, a lot of reading, Mm. and I can say you're still not prepared. There's Mm. still things that you're, uh, through through no fault of the training, but there's just, uh, I imagine it's a nonstop learning process. You could ask me that in four years, and I'm still (laughs) learning (laughs) Uh, Monday night was a, a big night. A lot covered for uh, or, you know early on in your in your uh, reign on the on the council. Uh, we let's talk about uh, uh, the cannabis cannabis retail. Uh, Clearview Township turned it down. Uh, Collingwood is opting in. Yes, um, uh, we did. We opted in, and I think uh, a large part of that consideration was uh, the incredible uh, engagement we had from the public. We had over fourteen hundred surveys uh, filled out and submitted. Uh, we had a number of public meetings uh, and the public meeting at the SIC two weeks ago. We had uh, uh, 15 or 20 people in the crowd, seven speakers, six of whom supported opting in. 
So I think uh, council was very mindful of that. Um, and then when going down the pros and cons list, uh, we felt that uh, given the fact that in phase one, Collingwood would not be getting a retail outlet and uh, they only uh, issued 25 retail permits in the first go around, um, 16 or plus of which were all centered down in the GTA area. We felt that um, the idea of opting out to see how things uh, pan out when the dust, when things hit the road, <clears throat> wasn't necessarily as, as strong an argument as it would have been a month ago. Right. And uh, and as well, the uh, funding opportunity, uh, profit sharing uh, by opting in, uh, we know that there's going to be, I think, uh, significant stresses on our bylaw enforcement, uh, but also there'll be uh, other unintended consequences. So I think that the, uh, from the municipality's perspective, it, it was... Uh, Finances were a consideration, and I think at the end of the day, it was a considered uh, discussion and and a very reasonable outcome, and uh, and I think one one that will serve our public. And it uh, went around the council table pretty quickly. It was pretty unanimous. With all the discussion it did, and I think really at the end of the day, the control mechanism for our community is not so much where you can buy it, but where you can consume it. So we've asked staff to come back looking at uh, uh, options to uh, amend our smoking bylaw. That would, uh, because anywhere you can smoke a cigarette or e-vape uh, or vape or e-cigarettes, you can uh, consume uh, cannabis. So the plan being then, if that's the case, let's corral or restrict or control where that can be consumed and uh, that that's the more effective way and i think that's the that's more of the public's concern mm. is about the consumption and not so much about the retail because it can be bought in, in ontario that's a fact of life whether you get it online or in a store i don't think really is the significant issue it's the consumption yeah mayor measures from clearview yesterday said you know even if we don't have a store we have a post office yeah. <laughs> so people can get it in clearview township Yes, absolutely. Uh, Bill C-66 open for business. Tell us about uh, the decision on that. Well, it, I think that it, it has to be contextual here. This is a bill that's in first reading. And so what the province has asked uh, us to do, or municipalities across the province, is to provide feedback. And so the principle behind uh, Bill C-66 is to open for business. It gives municipalities uh, certain uh, powers. Um, in approval processes and planning processes uh, to attract and respond quickly when an economic development opportunity arises. So I think there, you know, uh, I don't know that there's many municipalities that are concerned about that in principle. I think we, we support that. Uh, I think the concerns are in the operation and, uh, and the, the extent of these uh, powers to override uh, environmental and planning practices and do things without community input. And uh, so the discussion around the table was not so much about whether the intent of the legislation was good, but more around how in our com- in our comments can we influence the po- province to put in restrictions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that was the majority of the discussion. And we uh, came to a resolution that I think was, was uh, very good, just going back to the province to say, we agree in principle with this, but we would like to see the province look at implementing restrictions that would obligate each municipality who opts in to this legislation, because it's not mandatory, uh, to make sure that they follow certain basic requirements. Do you, get, do you have the feeling, the sense that they're going to be listening to you, or is it, hey, we'll wait and see? Well, uh, I commented at council that my sense of upper levels of government is they'll listen when it suits their purposes. Um, And so I guess uh, the discussion really was, well, do we just go back and say, we like it in principle, but we don't, we want you to change it all or to give them specific uh, comments that they could bite on. And uh, we opted for the latter. 
Most everybody around the table, the council table, uh, including you guys, uh, campaigned on openness and uh, and uh, you know, keeping the optics open for for people. Uh, right off the bat, you started in with uh, some uh, some legislation to deal with that, uh, um, and I actually think it was Council Berman. You tabled a couple of things on transparency. Uh, yeah, they were uh, they were the two campaign. You know promises that I made that I would ask for if I were elected, and uh, and I was really happy that council supported both of them on Monday. Um, the first one was uh, was to do with our uh, committee meetings. We have the three three committees: the one uh, SIC that all nine of us are on, right. and the other two where we're split into the two groups of five, with the mayor being the common denominator. Um, the town set up this uh, wonderful section of the website, a town site that's already there that shows the voting record and the attendance of uh, every member of council, which is, to me, something pretty basic that residents should be able to see. It's funny because I heard you talk a bit about that at the um, the uh, mayor's levy. I was shocked that, that we didn't already have that. Uh, I, I don't know. I think some things, it, it's uh, technology tends to move faster than we can keep up uh, with it, and maybe okay. it's a tool that, right. uh, you know, just... It was down on the list, but I, I love the way it appears on the website. Uh, I didn't even know when I was making this campaign promise that this was in the works. And, and oh. it's, it's very user-friendly. And uh, what I really asked for was uh, that the committee, uh, the, the voting record in the is on there because it helps twofold. Number one is it uh, gives the residents another way to see the voting record sure. of all of their elected officials. Keeps their officials accountable. And then it helps us that, uh, you know, for example, uh, Mayor Saunderson is on the Development and Operations Committee, which meets on Monday. Whatever they uh, recommend to council that I'll have in front of me the following week, right. it would have helped me to know if it passed unanimously and they had no concerns or if it passed three to two and there were concerns and it'll help me do more due diligence leading up to the uh, the council meeting. Uh, the second one, which we voted on uh, uh, after we uh, rise and report from an in-camera meeting, was uh, simply about doing an audio recording of our in-camera meetings. Uh, just a, a simple recording that would be kept in a... Uh, uh, secure setting. Uh, no one has access to it unless it is the closed meeting investigator or the ombudsman uh, to help them as a tool in in any investigation. So again, it's just another simple um, step for accountability and transparency that we can uh, show the residents that we've gone to that step. Can't even fathom how helpful it would be to the current uh, Collingwood Inquiry if they had that from a few years ago. I'm not sure we can either, but I, I would imagine that they would love it had it been available. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the airport. So where does that stand? Uh, are we selling it? Are we going to get a good buck for it? How's it going to work out? So uh, we went through a lengthy process uh, approximately 10 months ago, starting uh, with the R RFP uh, process. And uh, we had a winning bidder, Winterland Developments uh, Limited. And um, there have been a number of extensions um, because of a particular uh, user agreement. And... Um, uh, we council went in camera, uh, reviewed uh, some legal advice in the situation, and uh, the last extension carried us forward to the end of this month. And council has uh, elected to proceed with the sale. 
Uh, so we will receive $4.1 million uh, from Winterland Developments. Uh, uh, but the most important thing, I think, or one of the biggest considerations was that of the three bids, uh, we, uh, the bidding process was structured not just to be price alone, but to be looking at the capital plan for carrying the airport forward. And uh, and they had a very strong capital plan for carrying it, and they're already involved in, in, in the airport. So uh, we felt it was uh, it was the responsible thing to do to, to move forward with that uh, transaction. It's going to give the airport, I think, legs or wings like Red Bull, <laughs> so it will fly in the future, and uh, and uh, and it's an important regional asset. So, so yes, we're proceeding with that, and uh, and I think it will be good news for the region. I've been, I've heard, and I'm not an expert in this at all. So this is just what I've heard: that the land alone and some of the features that are that are there at the airport. Um, Four point one is is a low estimate of what you could get for it. Um, is, are you choosing that because you're really hoping it re- maintains an airport so you, it's easier to sell if you keep those restrictions on it? Uh, um, well, I, I've heard comments, and I think way back when when we had uh, it appraised, there was a comment to the effect that if you just stripped it down and sold it as farmland, you might be able to get more than $4.1 million. Right. But, uh, it, you know, that's... When you're buying a business, even when you buy the assets, you're buying the operation costs and the liabilities. And so, um, we, I mean, it's no secret that uh, the municipality's been spending, losing approximately $200,000 annually over the last 10 years. Right. Uh, so, uh, from the get-go, then you're going to be factoring in that it's, it's an economic drain as opposed to generator for their owner. Hmm. But in terms of the region, it's very much, uh, I think, a, an economic driver that has a huge amount of potential. Uh, largely, it's untapped. Hmm. And uh, so to push that forward, uh, the, the the cost or price wasn't necessarily the bottom line. It's obviously a very important factor when we sell it. But the, the a very equally important factor, I think, was the future of the airport and ensuring that it was going to continue. And so one of the restrictions in the agreement is that they will operate it as an airport for the next 10 years. And if during that time they decide they are not going to operate it as an airport, then Collingwood has the option to repurchase it. So with those restrictions, you got to bring the price down because you can't just do anything you want with it. Yes, I think yeah, so. There's a cost to those types mm-hmm. of restrictions. Absolutely. Uh, is, are those restrictions in place because uh, council uh, feels that we absolutely do need an airport in the region? It's just that Collingwood doesn't want to have to pay for it. Well, it, uh, uh, it's a very uh, airports are a very interesting commodity. So there's no doubt about their their economic uh, their ability to be economic drivers, job creators, and hubs. Um, having said that, there uh, the Simcoe County Airport mm-hmm. uh, County owns twenty percent of that airport, and it's uh, it's closer to the four hundred arterial highway. There is a, a very real prospect that it could be uh, become uh, very busy in the next fifteen years, as we know Pearson Airport reaches capacity. There's a Southern Ontario Airport network zone, and it's one of the eleven airports in that district. So there's uh, lots of economic opportunity for that moving forward. The county received last term a report. Uh, they doing a strategic planning process, and they're going to need about sixty-five million dollars of capital over the next fifteen years to be able to respond to that economic opportunity. Wow. So, uh, and we've looked at, during the staff looked at other airports for us: Oshawa, Peterborough, uh, and these are airports that are located right in the municipality, mm-hmm. and most of them are losing money. But when it's in your municipality and you have the tax base and you have the economic spinoff, then it's a slightly different conversation. The uh, sort of the um, odd 
fact about the Collingwood Airport is it's not, it's not in that jurisdiction. Right. So really for us, it's like hosting the Elvis Festival in another municipality. We're investing the money, and there is economic spinoff for our community, but that same economic spinoff comes for <clears throat> Wasega Beach, Blue Mountain, and the other surrounding regions, and we don't get the direct economic impact of the tax base, the development fees, and so it changes the, changes the discussion significantly. As mayor, you also sit on the uh, county council. Uh, the warden just issued a, a, a statement regarding a provincial regional government review announcement. Are you aware of what's going on there? Yes, they've appointed two individuals. Um, uh, I, I won't be able to I know one of them, Michael Fenn, I think his name is, but uh, the other I don't know. Um, and actually yesterday there were quite a number of uh, announcements by the provincial government about uh, municipally significant um, uh, issues. Uh, and this was just one of them. So they're looking at uh, the makeup, the regional governance, and the scope of the upper tier government. And so it's a very significant uh, uh, issue for us. And uh, and we will need to follow this closely. And we will be involved in that discussion. And again, I guess it's going ultimately to say is not ours. But hopefully the province will be very mindful of our input. Where is this review headed towards, do you think? Is it about uh, dismantling the, this, at the county level? Is it about increasing the borders? What, what are they trying to do? I don't think so. I, I, you know, when in the upper tier government scenario, so much of our funding for social programs like affordable housing, mm-hmm. long-term care, uh, health initiatives uh, come through the county. That it is, and it's a very, I think, uh, streamlined and efficient process as opposed to having all the municipalities vie for that money, which is can be a more of a divide and conquer outlook. I, I think that there are ways to make it maybe more responsive. Uh, they may be looking at maybe the size of the council and how the uh, county council is constituted. And we've had that discussion ourselves down at county council, particularly with the role of the warden, uh, because it is so demanding. Should it be a mayor or should it be elected at large from within the county? Mm-hmm. So there's been a number of discussions, and I think the province wants to weigh in on some of those. Sounds good. Uh, Councillor Bremen, thank you so much for joining us. If folks want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get you? Oh, my uh, my email and my phone number are on the uh, town website, and most people know where to find me on uh, social media or anything like that. And and uh, Mayor Saunderson, if people want to reach out to you. Uh, I'm at Town Hall uh, five days a week now, so they can phone Town Hall uh, or they can email me at bsaunderson at collingwood.ca. And, John, just before I go, I would mention that we are now uh, putting out applications uh, or accepting applications for our committees and boards. We have the Committee of Adjustments and Property Standards, the Collingwood Public Library, and the Police Services Board. Um, So if people are interested in getting involved, um, they can go to uh, collingwood.civicweb.net. And uh, or visit Town Hall and pick up an application. The deadline is uh, next Wednesday, January 23rd, so I'd encourage people to get involved. Great. Thank you both for joining us and talking to the town. Thanks very Thank much, you. John.